as you're returning to your seats, let me just speak a brief word of the, the topic we're looking at during this Advent season. We are taking some of the great hymns of Advent, and we are looking at them and, and seeing how they reflect on the gospel and God. And so this morning, the hymn which we are going to spend some time looking at is the hymn we just sang and which we will sing following the sermon, which is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. This morning's scripture reading is Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. So if you have your bulletin with you or a Bible on you, you can turn to that now. And as you're doing that, um, I will begin reading. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. I read this story this week from The Guardian. It goes like this. In New York in 2013, a man named Dario da Buffalo gave a lecture and then signed copies of his book, Porphyry, a book about reddish purple rock that was often used by Roman emperors. The book included a picture of a long-lost mosaic which once formed part of a floor on one of two vast party ships that were commissioned to be built by the Roman emperor Caligula. These ships were to float on a lake near Rome for him to party. However, Caligula was killed, the boats were sunk, and no parties were ever held. In the 1930s, the boats, the lost mosaic, and the other antiquities were recovered from the lake and then put on display in a lakeside museum. But when the Nazis retreated from Italy during World War II, the museum and most of what it was in it was burned by them. So 70 years after that, Da Buffalo is signing copies of his book, and he overhears a man telling a woman, what a beautiful book. Oh, Helen, look, that's your mosaic. And she said, yeah, that is my mosaic. Da Buffalo, intrigued by the conversation, tracks down the young man who confirmed that Helen had the mosaic in her apartment. The woman's name was Helen Fiorati, an art dealer and gallery owner. She and her husband, an Italian journalist, bought the mosaic from an Italian noble family in the 1960s. When it arrived in New York, the couple turned it into a coffee table. It was an innocent purchase, she said. It was our favorite thing, and we had it for 45 years. For 45 years, Helen and her husband used a priceless mosaic from the Emperor Caligula as a coffee table in a New York Manhattan apartment. They were living with riches, and they didn't even know it. You know, the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, you might not know this, but it is largely considered one of the five greatest English hymns of all time. Its rich theology set to a Mendelssohn tune can easily be recalled by anyone who's experienced Christmas in the United States. Hark the herald, angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Like me, you can probably sing it, and so too can your kids. 
We hear it in movies, while we're shopping, and in our cars around Christmas. Yet despite our familiarity with it, we are often ignorant of its meaning and therefore value. Like Helen Fiorati and her husband, we are living with riches, and we don't even know about it. This morning, it is my intention to inform you of the riches that this song has for us. And it's my hope that as you sing this song during this season, that you would appreciate the song for all it's worth and be moved by its message in deep and profound ways. The song comes from one of the greatest hymn writers of all time, Charles Wesley. He wrote it in 1739, and it was originally titled, A Hymn for Christmas Day. In its current popular form, three verses are used. This morning, we used four verses. However, Wesley's original version consisted of 10 verses. Aren't you glad we didn't sing all 10 verses? In its original form, Wesley included this refrain. Hark, how all the welkin rings, glory to the king of kings. The edit to the popular refrain, though, comes from one of Wesley's contemporaries and friend, a man named George Whitfield, the famed preacher and evangelist who sparked the first great awakening in the United States. Like you and like me, I think Whitfield heard the initial refrain and thought, Welkin? <laughs> We're going to use Welkin in this song? No, how about we use angels, which is what Welkin generally referred to. He's not wrong. The song has hit, and Whitfield got it right. The song, of course, is based on the scripture text at which we read this morning, but in particular, Luke 2, verses 13 and 14. And so for the remainder of this time, I want to consider all that Wesley wrote and see the richness and the value that this song has for us, that we might not be like Helen, with riches in our mind and our heart, but completely ignorant of such riches. I think there are four valuable items that we learn from this song, at least the first three verses of this song. And I wanna unpack these four valuable items as we go along. The first valuable item that contained in this song is a siren, a siren. Consider the title of the song and the first words that are sung. Hark, the herald angels sing. Now this term hark is an old English phrase that is used to call people to listen. Listen, it begins. The song begins with a call to an attention, like a siren. But if you know this, and I know this, and we sang it just a second ago, this refrain is sung time and time again. Like a siren going off, it is calling us to listen, 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 listen. The call to listen in this song is, of course, inspired by Luke 2, where the angels call the shepherds to listen to the announcement that they're bringing. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Thus the refrain from Hark the Herald Angels Sing calls us to pay attention to the message the angels bring, like a siren drawing our attention to important news. You know, every Wednesday in Little Rock at noon, a siren goes off all across the city. Now, if you're new to the city, the siren will initially startle you. Is the city being attacked? Are we being bombed? What's happening? The siren, of course, is just a test. It's a test to make sure that tornado sirens placed throughout the city work. Because if a tornado is near, it is vitally important for all people to know that a storm is approaching and you need to take cover. 
Indeed, such resources are valuable to keep going because such resources save lives. So in a similar way, Hark the Herald Angels Sing begins with a siren, a song calling us to listen, 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 listen to the message the angels bring. It is a message that brings salvation. It is a message that can save your life. The question for you, are you listening? When we sing the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, is it cueing your heart to listen to the message that the angels bring. I must admit, when I first looked at this song, I had no clue what the term hark meant, so I never listened and never cued my heart to listen to the message of the song as we sing it. But yet here we have a siren for all of us, a beautiful item that calls us to listen, listen, listen. Listen to the message the angels brings. We are being called to pay attention and pay attention to the message. So our first item that the song gives to us is a siren. May it awaken you. May it cause your heart to say, yes, indeed, what is this message that we are singing about? The message, my friends, is breathtaking. The message is in many ways captured by our next three items. And for, for this sake of our kind of time together, the next item this song gives to us is a globe. So we have a siren, and now we have a globe. Now, you might be wondering, how in the world is a globe valuable? And I admit, there's truth to that. I like having globes. I like looking at maps. But a globe in and of itself is not entirely valuable. But a globe is valuable to us because of the message the angels bring. And the message the angel brings is for the entire globe. For you and for me, for also the street child in India. As the shepherds stood in awe of their angelic host, they heard them say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. On earth, peace. You know, many have sought global peace, but to no avail. Wars still rage. Rumors of wars continue. Poverty stricken all nations in all places, and slavery is wherever we look. I heard this week that there's more people enslaved today than in the 1800s in the United States around the globe. Slavery is still all over the globe. And Hark the Herald Angel Sing picks up this idea, this global message when it says, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations, rise, join the triumph of the skies. Just as the angelic host pronounced global peace to the shepherd, so too does Hark the Herald Angels Sing. But I love this. Wesley gets very specific on how global peace is accomplished. And it's in that small phrase, God and sinners reconciled. The primary reason for global angst and suffering and, and poverty and slavery is sin. Humanity's disobedience to God through choosing their ways rather than his ways. Such disobedience has created such a problem that God and man can't be together. A holy God cannot dwell with an unholy people. More than that, those who disobey an unholy God are rightly to experience God's justice. And the justice, the Bible says, for sin is death. So we have a global problem, and the only way for this problem to be resolved is through justice. Yet hear the angels, hear Wesley's song, through the coming of Christ in Bethlehem, God 
and sinners are reconciled. Justice is upon us. Indeed, the, glo the globe has a pathway to peace and justice through Christ the Lord. And Christ himself would indeed accomplish justice for sin when he gave his sinless life as a substitute for the sins of his people, people from all over the world. I think one of the most beautiful aspects of the Christian faith is that Christian, Christendom isn't a religion that is uniquely tied to one region of the world. You know the majority of Muslims in the world are found in the Middle East. The majority of Hindus and Buddhists are found in the Far East. Likewise, Jews are condensed in the Middle East, Europe, and the United States. But Christianity knows no cultural center. It is spread throughout the entire globe. Some people who study missionary works make this claim that there are over 200 million Christians in China alone. That's more than half the United States. You realize that. Christianity is found all over the globe. It's a global religion. And it's a global religion because it resolves the problem of every man in the globe through Jesus. Through the atonement of his life for sin. For sin, finding its justice in him. I think indeed it tells us something beautiful about this faith. That it is a faith for the globe. And in Hark the Herald Angel Sings, we acknowledge that. That our faith is not just for you and me, but for everyone. Let me make this very personal. Have you found the resolution for your sin? Have you found justice for your disobedience? You're gonna have to pay for it one way or the other. Either through your blood or through the blood of him who gave his life for you. It is my hope and prayer that you, like most Christians around the world, all Christians around the world, will look to Jesus for the justice that is due to your sin. It is so important. This is a message for the globe, for everyone. What a valuable resource that we have in this song. It is for the entire globe. So Hark the Herald Angels Sing offers to us four precious items, and we've looked at two of those items, a siren and a globe. Let's now look at the third valuable item this song speaks to. The third valuable item it speaks to is a window. I don't know about you, but I love windows. When choosing an office, I made sure that the office that I choose, chose had windows. I love windows. I remember going into a friend's office in, in New York City, and he, was, uh, had a, he had an office space right above Grand Central Station. It was really neat going in there. And you'd go up to his, his office, and, and he was just a lawyer working. Some of you know him as Josh, Josh Burke. But I got to go to his office, and in his office, he had a view of Central Park. You want to talk about a valuable window? I can't imagine how expensive that was. And the window of Hark the Herald Angels Sing is infinitely more valuable than the window of my friend's office in New York City. You know, one of the most fascinating aspects of Luke 2 is this question, why? Why are the angels announcing to shepherds the arrival of a king in such a grand fashion? The answer, of course, is, in, is this. They aren't just announcing any king, but they are announcing Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord, and Lord of lords. They proclaim to them, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angels know something that the shepherds don't, and their proclamation and presentation offer a beautiful window into the person of Jesus. Here is Jesus, they're saying. And Wesley's song does this for us 
just like the angels. By my account, there are six characteristics of Jesus that he shows us in this uh, second verse, or third verse, excuse me. First, Wesley reveals that Jesus is adored by the highest heaven, that the angels come and they adore him in Luke 2. But I want you to consider this reality. What was the emotion of the shepherds when they saw the angels? What was, what was it? They were afraid. They stood in awe of these angelic creatures going, whoa. I can't imagine what they look like. Revelation gives us a picture of what it looks like. Six heads or five arms and like these crazy creatures. But what are those angelic hosts doing? They're praising this child. Angels, these glorious beasts are singing praises to God. Here's a window. These angelic beasts are praising God. I should tell you something about this person. Secondly, Wesley reveals to us that Jesus is the everlasting Lord, that this child Jesus isn't just any child, he's eternal. We hear from the apostle John this reality in the beginning of his gospel when he says, in the beginning was the word. Jesus, this person that we see in this song, is eternal. He always has been and he always will be. Thirdly, Wesley reveals to us that Jesus is coming and timing was perfect. To accomplish this, he uses this old English phrase, late in time, behold him come. It's an old phrase, but simply it just means this. Christ's timing, his arrival on the scene was perfect. I love what Paul says in Galatians 4, 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Wesley reminds us, as we see Jesus, that this timing is perfect. Fourthly, Wesley's song reveals that Jesus is the offspring of a virgin. As the Apostles' Creed proclaims, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. So vital is the virgin birth of Jesus that if we lose it, we lose our entire faith. Of course, many in modern days want to refute this miracle, but if we lose the virgin birth, we lose the cross, and we lose the significance of the cross. And if we lose the significance of the cross, then we lose the resurrection. We lose the cross, we lose the resurrection, we lose our faith. But Wesley calls us to look. This is the son of a virgin. Look to him. Fifthly, Wesley's song gives us a window to the Godhead, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. This Godhead is simply the idea of the fullness of deity. So when we see Jesus, we are seeing God. We understand who he is, what he's like. This is why Wesley then goes on to hail Jesus as the incarnate deity in the next line. Finally, Wesley forces us to look out this window when he gives us the picture of the heart of God, pleased as man with man to dwell. Indeed, Wesley is reminding us that Jesus, in taking human flesh, was pleased to dwell with mankind. The book of Revelation reminds us that the dwelling place of God is with man. What a glorious window this is. We see that God wants to be with us. The one who created us not only comes to us, but he's pleased to be with us. What glorious notions this is. What a window this song calls us to look through. How valuable this is to us as we live our lives in this chaotic world. The song enables us to learn more of who God is. The song enables us to learn more of who God's 
what God's heart is. Indeed, when we are tempted to isolate ourselves and think we're the center of the universe, we just are called to look out the window to remind ourselves, no, we are not the center that Jesus is. So look, and when you look, look at who he is. Learning such truths move the heart to peace. It compels worship and causes one to walk humbly before our God. Oh, my friends, fix your eyes on this Savior. Fix your eyes on him like Peter when he walked on water. Fix your eyes on him and look nowhere else. You will walk in places you previously could not have imagined. We have a beautiful Savior, majestic and glorious, worthy of praise. And indeed, our song gives us the window to look through at those realities. Hark the Herald Angels Sings is such a valuable song to us because in it, we behold a siren. We are called to listen to the, the message the angels bring. And that message is a message for all the globe, for the globe to find their justice and satisfaction through Jesus. And it is a window into the person of Jesus. But there's a fourth item that the first three verses teach us. And the fourth valuable item that this song provides for us is a lamp. A lamp. A lamp is most valuable to us in the dark. And my friends, is not darkness all around us? We live in a world full of selfishness and sin. People seeking their own ways, their own lot, their own benefit. Moreover, the world has a death problem. Everyone will die. You and me. Yes, billionaires can try to attempt to solve the problem with death, but they will not be able to do that. Darkness is around them as it is you. And so into this darkness, we need light. And this light, of course, shines. When the shepherds were keeping watch over the sheep, when was it? It was night. And darkness pervaded their existence at that time. But when the angels of the Lord appeared, what does it say? The glory of the Lord shone into the darkness has come a great light. And Wesley proclaims this light in his song when he says, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. The song points us to Jesus, the lamp that shines in the midst of darkness. It proclaims Jesus, the one who's able to resolve our sin problem as we discussed before, but also our death problem. Consider the last few lines of verse three. It says, Jesus was born that no more may, man, that man no more may die. Born to raise sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. The song is often sung at Christmas and typically means we are called to examine the coming of God to be with us, Emmanuel. And yet in this hymn, a hymn that is sung at Christmas, it's actually calling us to observe Easter. The empty tomb of this incarnate God. You know, 33 years after he was announced by these angels, Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. But three days later, he resurrected from the grave. And the light this song speaks to began to shine in the darkest of places, the tomb. Jesus came to bring light to all of life, to our sin and to our death. I have three kids all under the age of eight. And as you can imagine, light is an important uh, item at night. 
They need nightlights by their beds. They need lights in the bathroom. That's because darkness is too hard for them to consider. It's too hard for you to consider on your own either. And like a child, you need a lamp. And Jesus is our lamp. Even in the darkest of places of your life. Whether it be the sin or even death. We have a great light. To those of you that have taken hold of this lamp, live like it. Move into the darkness with confidence, with peace and assurance that indeed light will overcome darkness. Christ has come. Christ has died. But Christ has been risen. And this song reminds us of this glorious truth. So my friends, those of you that are Christians, live with that light. Go into places you previously could not have because the light will overcome the darkness. You know, upon the discovery of the, that, upon the discovery that the mosaic she had in her living room had come from an ancient Roman emperor, Helen Fiorati decided to donate the piece back to, the, to, back to a museum so that it could be preserved. I mean, such a priceless piece of ancient artwork shouldn't be kept as a coffee table in a Manhattan apartment. This is often, though, the way that we, this is often the way it works with most valuable possessions of antiquity. But not so with the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. No, you and I get to carry this valuable song wherever we go. It is ours to have. And every time we hear this song, it is so vitally important that you and I remember how valuable we are for knowing it. The song gives us a siren, a siren that calls us to listen, 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 listen to the message the angels bring. It is a message for the entire globe that all who have sinned can find justice through Jesus and can be reconciled with God. Listen, listen, it's not just for the globe. It's a window. It's a window for us to see our almighty God who took on flesh and who displayed his, who he is before us. And it is a lamp for us in the midst of darkness. So as you sing this song in just a few short moments, Take hold of these items and embrace it that you might feel the richest man or the richest woman in all the world. Let me pray. Almighty God, we give thanks to you for hymns of the faith like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It is certainly a temptation for all of us to kind of go through the motions with songs like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. We just sing it because we hear it and we just do it and this is what we do. But what a message this song proclaims. What a reminder to, to what it is that you have done for us. How you took on flesh to bring redemption from our sin and death. So we ask, O oh Lord, that as we sing this song now, that we would indeed take hold of this valuable resource for us that we might live as if we are the richest people on earth and that we might bring these riches to all we encounter. Pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.